Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode talks about Michael King Jr. Michael is a licensed mental health therapist, author, and inspirational speaker. His main focus is to work and help with men win against their own anger and anxiety. Through therapy, he strategizes with you to create a winning recovery action plan. Our podcast, we really get into a lot of topics, starting from mental health, Michael's journey, and many more. And you can check out Michael's book titled Tribe of Men, which is a really good self-reflection book, which can really help people, and especially men in particular, set goals and, and put in the beginning emotional work. But you can check out all of that work by clicking in the links in the show description. And like always, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Your subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Michael. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Michael. Michael, what's going on, and how are you feeling today? Hey, thank you, Josh, for the invite and the opportunity to be on the podcast, man. I'm feeling great. I'm grateful for life, health, and strength. I'm grateful to be here today. Yes, indeed. I mean, that's all we can be, you know, is uh, we need to be grateful for, you know, just the opportunity, another day, a new challenge, you know. So, um, but I was thinking for our first question, Michael, to really start off this podcast, um, what do you like to do for work and what are some passions that you have? Wow. Well, for work, I'm a licensed clinical social worker located in the, the DMV area. That's D.C., Maryland and Virginia. Specifically, I'm in the state of Maryland. And um, I work with men on breakup recovery, healthy masculinity, um, dealing with trauma, uh, depression, anxiety reduction, anger management, uh, some life coaching, some clinical life coaching as well. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful to be in this space of mental health. So I've been in mental health for 20 years, but for the last year, I've actually been in private practice working with Wow. 20 years in, in the mental field. Um, and I just want to give you a shout out as well. I know you, I know, cause I know in our previous talk, we talked a little bit about like getting in the private practice. So congratulations for that as well. That's another step into your journey. Um, and just, that just leads me right to my next question. Um, 20 years in the mental health field, describe to me your journey, you know, from where you started. And I know now that you're in the private practice, but what really got you into that mental health field and all that stuff 20 years ago? Well, 
I knew that um, I wanted to help you know, fathers and sons have really good relationships, right? Because me, myself, I had a tense to loving relationship with my dad, but it took some time. In my teen years, it was tense. Young adult years, it was kind of tense. And, um, you know, I, we made amends. And, and before my dad passed, we, we made amends way before he passed. But uh, so having, um, helping fathers and sons develop close relationships, uh, helping families develop close relationships, particularly in the black community, especially, that was the reason my why for getting into mental health. Credit to you, Michael, again, you know, for really trying to help people, especially in the African-American community, because I know, especially when it comes to like that fun, that father-son relationship, I know for myself, um, I, me and my dad have always had a shaky relationship, which it's always been like that ever since I was little, you know, just, just that we were just, we, we both knew that we needed to have a conversation, you know, and it was up until like, we both admitted that we do need to have a conversation and talk like that really what helped us grow and now our relationships a lot better. So as I was hearing you describe like your story, I just want to say I empathize with you as well and credit to you, you know, for really focusing in and helping on that father and son dynamic. And that just leads me right to my next question. So like, I know you've been working in especially trying to help out young men as well. Why do you think so many fathers and sons have like a disconnect in their relationships? You know, I think that the parenting is definitely evolving over the course of, uh, you know, as, as we continue to learn and grow and realize what part of parenting, and especially when we're parenting boys, what parts can, uh, can we continue to use that helps them develop to be healthy, be able to be expressive emotionally, right? That's, I think, an area that we can need to maybe open up more and allowing boys and dads to develop relationships that help foster um, self-awareness and empathy of others and and, and, and development of learning um, how to express themselves and finding like the gift that I believe God given them to be able to be a creative. And one of the things I've known is traditionally can boys have been raised to, you know, be tough and keep all your emotions inside and, you know, kind of be that stoic figure because as a man, you need to be tough and hard like all the time, right? But then there's there's some consequences to that because there are times that guys can, as they get older, especially, you know, um, not be able to be in tune with um, their emotions or maybe empathy, right? Which then plays out in them being less expressive to others, especially in an intimate relationship or being a, be thinking that um, I need to be a certain way in order to fit in a man box to be called a man. I, I need to maybe, if I have a creative side, maybe I need to put that away so I don't get teased. And so maybe I need to work on what what it is being a man um, in terms of the man box, you know, being tough and hard and being, you know, getting you know, physically or using emotions or physicality to control or, you know, being, you know get, developing my physical muscles but uh, I think that some of the things that we lose out in helping kids and especially our young boys learn that it's okay to express themselves. It's um, helping them learn how to uh, express their disappointments and verbalize it so that we can help them see that when they re- have adversity in life, they can think through it. Um, they can uh, have emotions of sadness and gladness and joy, but the, but to have the whole range of emotions and being open to expressing that, especially to their dad or to others, is a very helpful tool that will help them learn and grow to continue to be, 
to so we can understand that there are some things about raising boys that we need to continue to help them develop because guys need to grow up to be able to defend themselves if they need to, but understanding though that their um, thought process and understanding their emotions and being able to express themselves is a great tool as well. Yeah, Michael, I, I just want to first say being able to express and communicate our emotions is so vital um, because you're seeing what's happening now is as more and more boys are being more aware of their emotions and being able to speak out that emotional intelligence. They're, they're being able to develop stronger relationships, whether that's with friends, loved ones, family, like being able to open up is so, so vital. And it's crazy how, especially for me, I, I know growing up being, being a boy as well, like it's as simple as even, let's say like we fall and we stub our toe or something. And like we, we cry some, cause some boys, they are a little more emotional than some and some will cry, you know? And the parent is so quick to be like, well, why are you crying? Like, if it was a girl, it's like, oh, like, we'll, we'll, we'll coddle you. But if it's a guy, it's like, oh, like, stop, you're quiet crying. Like, you're supposed to be tough. And even like a little example like that, you know, like being able to acknowledge our feelings, being able to express our feelings, especially as men, is something that we need to be taught a lot more. Because like you said, Michael, like we're taught as a society for to like man up and to keep it like to you got to provide, you got to be the provider, you got to be able to be the backbone for everybody. And with that, can be hard at times because we all know in life through certain circumstances and obviously through the systemic uh, issues, the injustices that we see here in the United States, it can put a lot of pressure on our young men to be able to provide. So credit to you, Michael, again, it's one of the highlight, very spot on answer when it comes to, to men's health. I know you mentioned the term healthy masculinity. Explain that in a little bit to me. So I think healthy masculinity to me is one being able to be in tune with yourself being okay understanding it's okay to express your emotions right and it's okay even to say i don't know it's okay to uh, learn more about yourself and it's okay to accept things that aren't like you and and what i mean is sometimes um guys in the man box you know kind of be, they may be dismissive of another guy who may not have as more masculine tendencies or maybe doesn't have a masculine presence or maybe doesn't have a masculine swag. Doesn't mean that that person is not a man, you know, but it's just that the fact that they are look a little different or maybe handle things different than how a usual, um, how they've been, the expectations or the traditional guy may handle it. Now, doesn't mean that I'm I'm not man bashing for one. Let me kind of back up a little bit because, you know, when I say healthy masculinity, healthy masculinity might be using your strength for good. So it might be, you know, helping someone cross the street or carrying a package, but it also might be using your talents and gifts to help others, whether it may be um, communicating, uh, doing some community service or doing a presentation, uh, giving back to the community in a way. Um, also in what it may show up in relationships is, um, again, not using emotions or physicality to control a partner or even your kids, um, giving them room to speak their truth, um, being, uh, being a great listener, but also being in tune with your own thoughts and emotions so that you can be able to be verbally expressive, you know, just not just kind of stoic and tough and not say much, but, you know, to be open and honest with yourself, 
then that will help you be open and honest with those around you. Yeah, Michael, you make a really great point when it comes to being able to understand our emotions and being open to communicating that and giving our children and also whoever we are, we do decide to date the platform as well for them to also speak out as well. And just to add to your point, like even like admitting when you do make mistakes, you know, because that can be something where like a lot, I know for a lot of men, I know for myself and a lot of my friends that I've talked to, we tend to like really like shut down within ourselves whenever we make a mistake. And it's hard to communicate people that do shut down, you know, um, because again, like we're taught to keep everything in, you got to process it yourself. But just just adding to the conversation a little bit, I just wanted to highlight that answer. It was re- really spot on answer. Um, and this leads me right to my next question. So like when it comes to advice, because I know now that we've like addressed like being open and that's pretty much the solution or the solution on what we need to do as men, as a collective, what's some advice that you would give to a young man or, or a young boy that's really just trying to find themselves, you know? Well, understanding that you used the term emotional intelligence earlier, right? And that's a, a great term and it's a concept that's made up of different aspects. And I think that can... When we learn about the different aspects, it can help us grow as a person and individual, whether male or female, black or white, um, or whatever ethnic group or background you come from. But the aspects of emotional intelligence include self-awareness, empathy, structured problem solving, emotional regulation, and then social skills. So in terms of advice I would give someone to to be able to be a more verbally expressive is to maybe understand yourself a bit more and and develop and nurture the relationship with yourself. Understanding um, your strengths, understanding your challenges areas. And if it's it's, um, a a path uh, or plan that you want to pursue and you need some help, being open to asking for help, being open to learning whatever it is, the area that you want to learn and grow or develop a skill in. Um, because I think what some of the things about guys and some of the things in the man box, they don't want to ask for help. And they have a, may have a lot of ideas, but thinking that even asking for help is a sign of weakness. But is that really, right? You know, if you have a problem and, and you need support with a solution, instead of trying to figure it out on your own, you, you may tap into a network um, you can maybe do some research and then tap into a friend and ask for help or um, look and study and learn about the skill that you want to develop. So the biggest thing, though, is starting with yourself, being self-aware and being comfortable enough in your skin to know when you need help and being confident enough to ask for it and not being afraid to try and meet new people and learn and grow in different ways that um, can help you achieve the goal that you want to want to meet. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. 
Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Yeah, like you like you said, Michael, that self-awareness, being able to understand yourself and really just building a strong, confident relationship with yourself is is so important, Michael. And, and just like I said before, but I, I wanted to do like a little transition a little bit because I know we talked a lot about just like men's mental health and obviously when it comes to like masculinity and stuff. And I really appreciate everything that you said so far, but I want to also get like your perspective too, because not only are we, because I know for myself, I'm also trying to get into the like mental health field as well. So not only as men, we are in an industry that is predominantly dominated by women, um, but for you also being an African-American male in an industry that is predominantly white and women, how has your perspective been overall? Because I know you've been doing this for 20 years, being an African-American counselor uh, in this field. Yeah. And it's, um, 2% of the mental health counselors are African-American, you know, and even a smaller percentage of those are male African-American. And, you know, back 20 years ago when I started, you really used to have to try to convince guys to try it out, right? Because it's pretty taboo in our community to talk to someone else who you don't know about some situations or problems or your insecurities, your fears, you know what I mean? So, but over the course of time, you know, it has become more open. The stigma is decreasing in terms of guys that are using the services to help get stuff off their chest, to help unpack some of the trauma, help un- unlearn some of the things that they learned about that maybe had negative impacts on their sense of self and their self-esteem and then their relationships. And then they've done the work on them and, and then I think how doubling back, I think that's then they're a, once you do the work on you as a man, especially, then you'll be able to demonstrate healthy masculinity too, right? Kind of knowing and recognizing, showing up how you want to show up in a way that adds value to others around you as a way that has direction and purpose for your life. And so I think that that's a part of healthy masculinity as well. And so over the course of time, you know, guys are really opening up about um, talking about what are some of the barriers and challenging themselves to overcome some of the barriers that they feel like is preventing them from being the best version of themselves. And that can include, especially in guys, a, a lot of past traumas, that things that they've experienced that they never talked about, but it has always still kind of stayed with them uh, through their thoughts. And they sometimes get triggered for whether it's from current relationships, they get triggered by past experiences. So, Guys are using this space as a form of self-care and using counseling as a part of their support system. I wanted to like piggyback off your answer a little bit because especially when it comes to men, I know you mentioned there's like a lot of just like barriers and factors that really like prevent a man from asking to get help or even even like cultural barriers as well. Cause I know depending on like whatever culture, you know, and how you were raised, you know, it's going to be completely different. Um, I know for me, I know for myself, I'm a mixture of Spanish and white, obviously. So I know in a, in a lot of like 
white culture, especially here in the in America, people tend to individualize things and you know view things individually instead of as a collective. Um, and I'm learning a lot more in in my I'm taking like a social in, uh, social justice class in my graduate program, and I really credit to that. Um, but I know for myself, there's going to be times for myself where I do work with people that are in a different culture. And this leads me right to my next question for you, Mike. I know for you having so much experience, how do you handle, let's say you've had a client that that, that is a little bit different culturally, you know, how would you be able to handle that? So that way you guys are able to connect and find, you know, and, and get through the therapeutic process. Well, being curious about um what what the things that I don't know about that person's culture and then being open and honest about what I do and then having a, a conversation with them to help bridge any gaps, you know, but first coming to the session and coming to the table, being culturally competent, trying to have an understanding of um, their the other uh, the client's background and 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 then being in a mindset of curious and and um, and I'm a helper at heart, and that's a, a good clinician and therapist definitely are helpers at heart. And so, you know, that would that should come out, especially if someone's looking to you for some support um, in in the mental health space in order to help you know them do deal with whatever thoughts or deal with whatever challenges that life may be presenting to them during this season of life for them. But yeah, being culturally competent, I, I think, comes with a lot of um, Empathy, which is being understanding of the others, but then also some curiosity too, so that you can continue to make a connection, some heartfelt connections. Just just to add and take your point even further, you know, keeping an open mind, like you said, being able to empathize, understand other people's perspectives, and also being curious to learn. Um, I definitely think part of the therapeutic process, you know, is to create an environment in which like all of your clients are feeling comfortable, they feel safe, they they could, are able to reach out to you and really feel just like a safe of like security and stuff like that. So like you said, Michael, keeping an open mind, being able to empathize and being curious to learn because as a therapist, you know, we are also learning from our clients as well. And I know a lot of people like to think, oh, like the client is learning all this, but as a therapist too. So I just, I was just really curious to answer that question, to ask that question. And I just wanted to just really highlight that as well. But is there anything else you would like to add to what I just said? Being open and understanding and, and curiosity can lead the way in order to make a connection with the client that, you, that you're working with. Cause, because, you know, there's a lot of times when in the black community, sometimes that people are trying to, they want to get services, but there are only so many, you know, black clinicians. So, um, don't miss out on the opportunity to learn from a clinician who truly wants to help you, but they not, may not be of your race and background. But first, kind of understanding that they, but they need to like demonstrate an understanding that they are culturally competent, though. So you do have to have, um, you know, I recommend doing a consultation call if you can, so you can get to get a feel for um, a therapist style, right? If they and then that feel for that style can let you know. If that's someone you feel comfortable open up with, and if you feel, you know, and then if you feel comfortable, then yeah, I would say go ahead and and schedule a, um, a few sessions, you know, to to see uh, how the fit flows. 
Definitely, Michael. And and I and I like and I definitely like to highlight that as well. Like the, the consultation meeting is definitely so, so important. You know, it's like that first impressions when you're first meeting each other. And that really just leads me right to my next question. So I know for you, like now that you're in your own private practice. So like, let's say like you just met a new client, like how what's like typical of like a first session or like a typical session look like for you? So the first session Usually we go through uh, a reviewing the client history form, which is some information that the client will fill out prior to the session with a little social emotional background or family background. Also, maybe if there's um, a mental health background experience, talk about what the strength that the client brings to the table. And then we also talk about what's the goal we're working towards, like uh, why is the person in counseling? Um, so then I will assess the, the, the strategy of how we would assess and, assess and engage and prepare for treatment planning. Uh, but so the first session is a, also a review of this um, client history form. And then there may be uh, a screening. And some of the screens, a mental health screenings can include like a well-being screening and uh, maybe an overall life satisfaction screening. And depending on some of the questions, that, how they were answered on the client history form, whether um, a client will complete like a depression screening or anxiety screening. Uh, so, but other times the, it's initially, the initial session is um, focused on building a rapport. Right? And over the course of, um, the, over the course of the therapeutic pro- process together with me, there's um, talk therapy strategies I've used where we do some listening, but there's also self-awareness exercises and activities and positive psychology exercises and activities that can focus on building resilience, um, developing a stress management plan, um, dealing with trauma and, 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 and recovery from trauma, um, anxiety reduction. So there's exercises, there's talk therapy, there's um, in my space, my therapeutic space to use uh, some narrative therapy as well, right? Some, some st- storytelling, and uh, to um, pull lessons learned. Um, there's also, I use a solutions-focused brief therapy approach as well as cognitive behavioral style. Because, you you know, with cognitive behavioral, you, you look at thoughts, right? Because the thoughts impact our emotions and thoughts impact our behaviors, right? Before we do something, we think about it, right? And our thoughts impact how we feel, how we see about us, our sense of self, right? And um, so, yeah, we do a lot of some analyzing of thoughts and also some cognitive reframing, right? Trying to get to the root of some thoughts that may have a person feel like self-limited thoughts, right? Um, Sometimes those can creep in and cause a person not to feel like their best selves, right? And um, so we do some analyzing, trying to do some reframing of some thinking and and, in terms of the cognitive reframing to, to to help a person learn strategies and tools to be their best self. There's a lot of tools there. There's a lot of just like different practices and and different forms and all that stuff too. Like I can really see and feel the passion, you know, like when you do have clients and you want to help them at the end of the day. And I just want you guys for all the podcast listeners that there is so many different types of therapies and resources available. Um, So Credit to Michael, and there's so many others as well that continue to really just try and help people. So there's a lot of resources that we can get to um, so that are at our disposal. We just need to be more aware of them. 
So credit to you, Michael, for just dishing out so much. And, and I really appreciate that. Um, but just tra- transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about just like men's mental health. We talked a lot about what it's like from your perspective, you know, like, like working with clients and even like different clients as well that are in different cultures and stuff. And I've really appreciated all of our conversation so far. Um, just transitioning a little bit. I know from like a little side topic, I know you've you're in the process of writing a book, right? How how has that how has that journey been for you? Well, yeah, the book journey is oh man, it's been uh, it's been exhausting. It's been fulfilling. It's been annoying. Uh, but overall, it's lovely. You know, the book is actually published now, and it took me about oh a year and a half of working on it, working with editors, and um, yeah. So the name of the book is called Tribe of Men. Understanding how to evolve your masculinity, find your community, and reach your potential. And it's available on Amazon. And basically, it's a personal development tool. You know, if you want tips, you want to know how to manage stress, um, manage your emotions. Uh, you're looking at a tool that can help you if you're dealing with trauma. It, it's really, I wrote it for the fact, for some guys who may still be on the fence about therapy and talking to a counselor. You know, this book is a tool that a personal development tool that can 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 start to prep you and you can start to work on areas of yourself. And and if you go through the book, it's a short and powerful read with some exercises. And if you think that, hey, you know, I may want to enhance my emotional intelligence even more by, um, you know, maybe establishing a relationship with a counselor or a therapist, then that would be great as well. But but this tool this book talks about personal development, talks about the name of the first chapter is men need self-care too. Because I think a lot of the times because we get caught in protecting and providing and holding our emotions inside, kind of keep our nose to the grind and keep grinding that we don't realize that, you know, kings need support too so that they can continue to be a great king for their kingdom. And this book opens up some topics uh, that can help build resiliency. Um, if someone's been dealing with trauma or even insecurities, this book can help you develop some tools that can maybe work for you that uh, can help you uh, feel like you're the best version of you that can, again, to be able to to confront maybe some toxic mindsets that you may have developed as a result of being in the man box and, 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 and then, unlearn some things that you didn't learn so you can again replenish yourself with uh, tools that can help nurture healthy relationships that can help your mental wholeness and even evolve as a leader. Yeah. Wow. Michael, I I will say when it comes to the book, I'll make sure to put the, your whole book and stuff. I'll put the Amazon link in the show description so that you guys can check out Michael's work as well. And, and it's, it's important. I noticed it's a very important point that I wanted to add. And before we talk about relationships and stuff and astrology and stuff like that too, um, or, cause I know as a man and, and as a, like the male community, a lot of us are hesitant to go to therapy. So to have a book, you know, to really just like have like another platform where people can, like really like reflect and learn a little bit more about themselves. So that way, if they're really into that, okay, now I can, now I can message Michael or I can, or I can find another therapist, you know, where I can really take that next step and get even more help. So I think books and stuff are a great first resource for anybody that is 
on the fence with trying to work, go to therapy because it's hard. It's really hard to put your trust in and to really open up um, to others. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that point as well, Michael. So power to you for creating that book. Yeah, thanks, man. And it's the it's the tools. You don't you don't have to go through it from page one to to the end, but you can um, read a chapter because each chapter can can stand on its own. So chapter one is men need self care. Two two is building solid relationships. Three is mental wholeness, and four is dealing with trauma. And and, and then, so when you look at the table of contents, you'll see you know titles like healing through self examination, finding your purpose, the art of self motivation, evolving uh, your masculinity, and leadership through service. Like so, like you can pick if a chapter pick speaks to you, you can just go there first. You know. Definitely. And, and I'll make sure again to put the link in the show description so that, so that way you guys can check it out and all that fun stuff. everyone. This episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash and best of all, It's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Hey guys, since you made it this far into the podcast, why not drop a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys listen to the podcast. And if you guys really like the podcast and really want to follow it, send it to a friend, family member, or anyone else that would really impact from listening to the podcast. Like I mentioned before, your subscriptions and your follows and everything would mean a lot to the podcast and help boost the podcast overall. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast and continue to enjoy your spiritual best friend. Um, but Michael, let's transition a little bit as well. So we talked about your book. We talked a lot about your journey. Um, when it comes to relationships, I know we talked a lot about like men and being in a relationship as well. And when it comes to like keeping their emotions in a box and how that spills and all that stuff. For relationships for you, Michael, what are some qualities, some good, solid qualities that you look for, whether that's friendships, romantic partners, like what are some good core qualities to have? Well, definitely someone that uh, you can trust their word, right? Um, someone that's an effective communicator. Well, first, you got to know yourself, right? Before you, any other relationship, even the intimate relationship or business relationship, you know your strength and know your value or what you bring to the table, know your challenging areas as well. 
um, and be able to be comfortable in your own skin. So when you're able to engage others, you are can be your authentic self, right? And and then then they can get to know you and your authentic self. And if it's in an intimate relationship, they can you know you can be your authentic self, and then they can be their authentic selves. Then you guys can barely build and grow together. Um, so being able to, I guess I was get back to that old saying of know thyself. And so that's first thing I would say before you get into like intimate relationships, right? Um, uh, part of a, a goal of reason one to work with guys and men too is like, I, I work with a lot of guys who are married and I look, work with a lot of guys who aren't married yet. And so I, I encourage them to work on themselves so they, they can be relationship ready, right? That might be my next book, Relationship Ready Man. But it's um because there's tools and things we need to know about when ourselves, right? Like, so my quick little backstory, like, I, you know, I've, I've been married once, you know, 18 years and, um, and I'm divorced, but I have a great relationship with my, my ex-wife. We co-parent well. I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son and uh, we co-parent really well. But I realized though, when I, I got married at what, 20, Five, I was like engaged, 20, uh, 27, I think I was married, but it was a little, a little while ago, right? But marriage has a way of bringing out personality challenges or things that you may not even know about yourself. So I found through my experience, I, you know, I thought I was, I was mature, you know, I was definitely, I was, you know, I was educated and I was, but marriage has a way of bringing out some things that you may not have known, some areas of growth that you needed. So I found it really hard to mature to continue to mature as a man when you already had responsibilities of uh, you know, kids and, and being married and, you know, and, and having a partner and developing an intimate relationship. So, um, so what I bring to the table and I realized and I learned that knowing thyself is probably the key to developing healthy relationships with others, right? So then you can understand, you know, chemistry and then compatibility even in business or intimate relationships, you know, that you need, they need good levels of chemistry for creative ideas in the business setting or chemistry to keep a physical intimacy closeness in an emotional intimacy closeness in an intimate romantic relationship and then compatibility, right? Personality compatibility, you know, common interests, you know, activities and things we like to do, maybe um, a sense of purpose and pursuing goals, you know, that type of compatibility. So, you know, I, I think, but you got to know yourself first, you know, before you, so, so, so sometimes we get attached you know, with people that we maybe not be aligned with, right? But we create these romantic relationships and we attach or we create business relationships, we get attached. But then over time we realize, whoa, our alignment may be a little bit off and so, but the better you know yourself and then be able to be your authentic self, then I think that will lead to you being able to recognize and giving other people, giving them the comfort to be them their authentic selves around you. And those, are, I think to me, is one of the key foundations to have a successful, healthy relationship. Yeah, just to even take it like a step or, uh, further like once you like understand like what, what we mean by like really understanding ourselves you know it's just like realizing the things that we like the things that we don't like boundary setting 
Um, that's definitely something that in my relationships I've really had to learn because for me, I never really was taught boundaries. We kind of just did what we needed to do for the family and that was it. And then we're, and that spilled into my relationships. I just wanted to add even more to that, Michael, like boundary setting. These are all things to really help us understand ourselves and even, even credit to you as well. Cause it definitely takes a lot, you know, for us to be open and to share our perspectives, you know, and I like, I really like your quote about marriage, you know, like marriage, it definitely brings out some of the things in ourselves that we didn't really realize. Um, and it's important for us to learn from that and grow from that. So power to you, Michael, for being open, you know, to share, cause I know that's definitely a very hard step to do for a lot of people. Um, and hopefully people that are listening to our conversation, having me and you, Michael, both being able to open up and share our perspectives so that you guys that are listening can be able to open up as well to whatever relationships you're in, whether that's business, professional, girlfriend, whoever you date. Um, it's important for us to be open and admit, hey, I had to learn a lot here and then we grow. And that's how we take the next step. So just wanted to highlight that. Yeah, man. And I think it's also too in great depth to be compassionate with ourselves too because sometimes when we as we learn and grow we recognize dang man in the past i showed up like you know maybe not a little bit narcissistic a little bit over aggressive at times like but it, being accepting and compassionate of yourself or how you showed up so you don't let guilt or shame kind of take over but so you can then be in the present and realize okay all right now i know how i showed up in the past i know how i want to show up in the future, so let me work on myself in the now and here and now in the present, so then I can, you know, continue to be what the best version of myself. And so, yeah, so but self compassion is a big thing. Like, you know, sometimes guys, you know, we can get hard on ourselves, kind of beat ourselves up, like, damn, why I do that? Why I wish I man? But you know, we can give ourselves some self compassion. Then that that's a big key to learning and growing. Definitely, Michael. And I, there's like a famous saying, it's sort of, I, I'm not going to quote it word for word, but you know, like we all make mistakes, but it's like how we learn from those mistakes is what matters and building that compassion to that as well. Because again, it's that strong sense of relationship with yourself. Like if you have a strong relationship with yourself and have that strong foundation, like you, like you said, a lot of times in the podcast, like them are able to really grow and be open. And because we have that confidence in ourselves, we don't have shame or guilt or the mistakes we have in the past because we're learning, we're, we love ourselves and we're growing. Um, but Michael, I just really wanted to first say, I appreciate everything that we've talked about so far. Um, we're going to wrap everything up when it comes to astrology a little bit. I know in our previous conversation, um, you definitely are very curious with it, but I just wanted to ask you the first question when it comes to astrology, how do you feel about it overall? And um, what's going on with it? <laughs> So, you know, I, I know very little about it, but I do understand that some of the person that there are, I think there's some things about personality traits. And I think that, you know, it's been, what I know it's been around for eons. And, and I, and I think that there are some things in terms of personality that, that, um, some things that I find very interesting, like the commonalities on the Zodiac signs and the person personality. So I'm definitely finding it. And really curious about it, but I really don't have that much knowledge about it, though. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the podcast, like it can get real deep real fast. Um, but I like to keep it on just like a a simple level, so because like uh, obviously your sun sign. When people ask you, oh, what's your sign? Like that's who you are to your core. Um, your moon sign is how you process things emotionally. 
Um, and for you, Michael, I'm just going to stick with the first two because we have talked about a lot in this podcast and it's been a lot of fun. Um, but this website is called thehoroscope.co. So it's a website where if you're ever curious to know just a little bit more, once you find your chart, um, this is just a sun and moon sign chart. So a bunch of people, they teamed up based off of whatever your sun sign and your moon sign are. They do a little reading based off of that. So it is about to get a little real here, Michael, I will say, because there's <laughs> because there's positives, negatives, and there's some advice. So it gets it gets real, real. Um, but for you, Michael, you are a Leo sun with a Scorpio moon, and it says a temperamental personality. Instinctive, the Leo sun, Scorpio moon personality relies more on the heart than on the mind. Positives for your sun and moon combination, optimistic, ambitious, and instinctive. Negatives can be stubborn at times and impatient. Perfect partner, someone who will share with them their deepest and darkest secrets. Word of advice, they should be a little bit more cerebral when it comes to work. So as I give you positives, negatives, perfect partner, and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? You know, some of the things you said about the impatience or being a guy, like heartfelt, you know, that, that, that you know, yeah, I, I've always felt that about myself, yeah. And working on the impatience, though, especially in relationships. Yeah, Michael. I mean, as well. I mean, we all have things that we have to work on because that's again, that's how we grow. We're human. Um, so I, I like I like to view astrology as just another tool in the toolbox to really help us understand ourselves at the end of the day. And I know you've mentioned already so many other forms of therapy. There's so many resources. That's my point. That are at our disposal that we need to be more aware of. Um, but Michael, I've really appreciated our full conversation today. Where can everybody check out your work and all that fun stuff? Well, I have a website uh, for my uh, practice. It's called w Mindful Actions LLC. And then my website is www.mindfulactionsllc.com. Right. And um, so I'm also on Instagram and TikTok. And for those who want to learn from more, um, uh, learn more wellness tips, uh, see more information from me there, you can reach me. My, my um, tag handle is it's Mike King. So it's ITS underscore Mike King. And uh, that's on Instagram and that's on uh, TikTok. Yeah. So those are places that I like to say post wellness tips. And just to share, um, and whether it's talks that I'm doing or podcasts, right? and do some, um, share some content about wellness and men's mental health. Yeah. And, and just like I mentioned before, with your book earlier in the podcast, I'll make sure to put all those links in the show description. So that, that way you guys can check out all of Michael's work and all that fun stuff. Um, but Michael, I really appreciate your time and everything that you've said, the insight and, and I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Hey, thank you, Josh. And you keep up the great work you're doing. Shout out to all your listeners. And uh, yeah, man, you enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Yep. You too, Michael. And uh, please stay safe. Thanks. You too, Josh. 